Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Will with Schedulefly. Excited today to have Patrick Schmidt on the phone. He's in New York. Uh, he's a managing director with Hell's Kitchen Hospitality. They've been around for quite a while, have a lot of really popular, successful establishments in New York City. And uh, he was there for a while. He uh, moved out of the country for a few years and came back recently and uh, is back with Hell's Kitchen Hospitality and was kind enough to, to take some time today. So, uh, Patrick, thank you for doing it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for taking the time to chat. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, I always like to get started with just the uh, the backstory, man. So, how did you? How and when did you get started in hospitality initially? Um, you know, it's probably like a lot of us, um, where you just kind of it's your first job, and uh, it never really lets you go too far. Um, you know, I started working in an Italian restaurant when I was in high school. Um, worked my way up, became the manager there while I was still in high school. Um, kind of every job I had through college and, you know, leading up to where I finally kind of turned the corner and it became my career. Um, but, you know, I always seem to do well in hospitality and have a lot of fun, um, work with some great people, made really good money, um, a lot of great experiences, especially here in New York City. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just kind of always been what I do. I've never really known anything else. I hear yes in your blood. It seems like that's the case. It seems like almost everybody I interview on this podcast, there's been over a hundred now, uh, has a very similar story. Started early, yeah. started as a teenager, started in high school. Um which is cool too, because you um I'm assuming if you started in high school at this Italian restaurant, what what were you doing? What was your like were you bussing tables or Oh bussing? yeah, I was doing everything. Waiter, yeah. um, you know, I was a delivery guy. Uh, busboy, bartender, uh, worked in the kitchen for a while. Um, you know, it was an Italian restaurant, but we, we had a pizzeria aspect as well. So I made the pizza sometimes, uh, which was great because you never really got bored doing one job. Um, cause you were always kind of doing a different job depending on the day. Yeah. And I think that that's what really, uh, attracted me and kept me in the industry for as long as I've been is that just that kind of multifaceted position, uh, wearing so many hats, being involved in so many aspects of the business, um, then and now, you know, on a larger scale, um, that's what keeps it fresh and keeps it exciting day to day. Yeah. That personality type works well with the industry for sure. And, um, I find that a lot. Well, let me ask you this. Do you talk about the, the value of starting at the bottom, if you will, and doing all those roles and what that meant to you in terms of understanding, you know, all the aspects of how a restaurant runs. Yeah. Well, you know, in this industry, it's kind of hard to even call the bottom, the bottom, because, you know, everybody does everybody's job at, at one point or another during the day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not big on titles here in this company. We, we wear a lot of different hats and, you know, I could be director of operations or managing director, but, you know, you might come in tomorrow and I'll still be mopping the floor if, if it needs done. Um, so there really isn't a bottom. I think, you know, everybody just works together as a team. Each cog in the wheel is uh, important um, compared to the next, uh, just as important. Um, you know, so the guys that are bussing the tables and washing the dishes to the bartenders who are serving the drinks to, you know, someone like myself who is paying the bills upstairs, um, we all have to do our job uh, well for the other job to exist. Um, so that's, you know, another kind of attractive, uh, 
aspect of the hospitality industry is really that that team bond and that mm. feeling of com- camaraderie with your coworkers that develops over time. Well, I love the I, see. I I agree with that. I, I say the bottom because that's kind of the perception some people may have, but I find that there's so much value in in, um, in how you all operate and in doing each other's jobs and helping each other and and doing all those different jobs helps you really learn to have empathy for anybody else doing them down yeah, the road. Yeah, it, it makes you appreciate the job, but it also gives you perspective so that as you advance in your career and advance into different roles and different positions, you know, the perspective that you have from your previous role, your experience doing another job, it's really invaluable because not only does it make you empathetic towards your coworkers who do that job, but it just kind of makes you understand the entire operation as a whole. Um, and if you if you can kind of wrap your head around the end goal from A to Z, uh, you know, it kind of keeps everything in perspective for you when you're when you're focusing on the day to day stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. The, um, part of why I ask as I know that, you know, there's, there's sometimes folks that maybe go to culinary school and, and, uh, and I get it cause you're, you're making a big and a huge investment these days. Uh, but may, they may come out and, you know, want to start perhaps higher up than where they're needed or whatever. And there's, um, yeah. I mean, do you see that still, or is that something you guys deal yeah, with? There? I, I know you've got to, you know, um, I'd say I have a, a, an actually a, a pretty interesting um, perspective on the idea of going to culinary school because I did go. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when I graduated high school, I went to a four year university, uh, decided it wasn't for me after a year, uh, moved back to New York City and uh, started attending culinary school just kind of for something to do. Um, while I was in culinary school, I started bartending. Um, just because my, all of my work experience prior to that had been hospitality. So why not keep it going, especially in a city like New York? So I'd go to culinary school in the morning, uh, bartend at night. Um, and it was great. You know, I learned so much about both sides of the industry um, on an educational level, but then also on a practical level um, with the bartending at night. Um, when it came time to uh, graduate and, you know, move on from culinary school, I didn't really see a place for me long-term in the kitchen. So even though my degree was only culinary, I didn't take any hospitality management courses, which I know a lot of the culinary schools today offer. Um, You know, I I was able to apply the knowledge that I gained on both sides and kind of push forward with my career. Um, I really enjoyed the front of house uh, aspect and the interaction with the guests and, and the staff at that point. So, you know, I stayed with the front of house um, position and, you know, it kind of grew into uh, advancement with management positions uh, after that. And then, you know, moving forward with this company, uh, I've been able to take on more of an operational role, bigger picture, um, you know, not as much dealing with the day-to-day stuff, but working with the management teams to drive the brand forward and, you know, increase revenue and um, sustain staff and all, all those kind of big picture things. But, you know, it's, it's really fulfilling when you take on challenges um, such as that, you know, such as brand management, uh, bigger picture things. Uh, it's really fulfilling when you when you make achievements and hit your goals. And uh, luckily, we've been able to do that in this company over the past couple of years with, with some success. That's great, man. That's awesome. Well, t- t- I mean, let's talk a little bit about what you are, what you're focused on now. And I want to dive a little bit into, you know, some of the unique opportunities as well as challenges of running restaurants in New York city. Um, I mean, it's, it's a tough enough business as it is anywhere, but 
But uh, in New York, you've got the upside of tons of tourism, and and uh, I'm sure that that can help a lot with just you know folks coming in your doors. But then you've also got uh, new labor laws coming on that are that are pretty strict, and just a lot of uh, um, you know a, a lot of government oversight uh, that seems to be getting a little bit tired. So I'm just curious. I mean, I, I haven't talked real extensively with a lot of folks here, but I'm just curious your thoughts on, I guess, some of the unique challenges you all have um, being there in New York. Yeah, I think, you know, this industry as a whole is changing, uh, not just in New York, but I think a lot of the challenges and the changes are amplified by being in New York. Yeah. Um, number one, it's, it's such a large market that um, people, not just the government, but, you know, uh, Technology industries, um, you know, trends tend to start or get tested first in larger markets. So, you know, in New York, we do have the opportunity of kind of being the guinea pig sometimes for a lot of things Um, regarding labor. I I wouldn't say that we're the guinea pig, but, you know, we're at the forefront. Um, The government is is pushing hard uh, for minimum wage increases and, uh, you know, just in general, a lot of uh, labor laws that are uh, employee friendly. Um, with, you know, paid sick leave and family time off. And, you know, it's great overall for our, our social dynamic and, um, you know, just the quality of life um, that the government is trying to provide, you know, us as citizens and inhabitants. But, uh, you know, it does not it does come with uh, some cons and some challenges for the employers. Um, I try to look at it very positively and the fact that you know, we are a large company or large enough for a small business. And we have, um, you know, a great team of executives and and some really bright minds. So I, I feel like we're in a position to weather the storm and uh, take on the challenges, whether it be labor or market trends or uh, recessions, you know, we've dealt with in the past. Uh, whatever comes our way, you know, we're, we're capable and ready with the team that we have to to take it on. But yeah, labor is definitely going to be one of those uh, challenges over the next couple of years. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it changes the dynamic of the industry, not only in New York, but nationwide. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. It is starting in a lot of the larger markets like that. And that, that stuff tends to tends to trickle down over time. Um, what uh, what about this? And I love the, the positive way you look at it, man. I, and I love the fact that you've got a team that you feel you guys feel confident that you can manage through whatever whatever arises. Um, it's a good thing. Talk, talk about some of the, um, you know, the really positive aspects of being in New York and, you know, the upside that you have there that you may not have in other places. Well, yeah, I mean, New York is, uh, challenging because it's, uh, so competitive, you know, regards hospitality. It's probably one of the, you know, top few most competitive markets in the world. Um, you know, there's over 20,000 restaurants, uh, in and around the five boroughs. There's, uh, hundreds of restaurants that pop up every week, um, thousands of new restaurants every month. Uh, it's crazy when you walk up and down streets that you've, you know, been walking up and down for 10 years and you can say, Oh, I remember when this was that, or when that was that, or that's been this, this, and this in the past three years, you know, it's, it's dog eat dog. It's competitive. Um, you see a lot of good people, you know, think that they can pull it off and, uh, and they can't, and that's unfortunate, but you know, it just kind of validates, uh, us as, as operators here that, you know, we're, we're doing okay. And, you know, we're, uh, we're putting out some, some good quality service, uh, some cool concepts. Uh, people seem to like it. They, they keep coming back. So, you know, we'll, we'll be here as long as they do. 
Um, you know, the, the great thing with New York is that you, you have so many different revenue streams. Uh, a large footprint of our company, um, you know, we operate eight locations here in the New York City metro area. Uh, four of them are in, uh, you know, the heart of Midtown Manhattan, what you would consider Times Square. Uh, so you get a lot of tourism, a lot of foot traffic uh, during the holiday seasons. Um, there is a huge network of corporate offices that, you know, operate in this area. So we get a lot of that business for after work type clientele, um, you know, tons of hotels, Broadway shows, Broadway theaters. Um, Broadway is very hot right now. So the theaters are doing well. Uh, and, you know, we see that in our pre-theater um, crowd. Um, you know, you have weekend brunch. I mean, there's just so many revenue streams um, that we're really lucky to to pull from being in the area that we are. But, you know, that comes with its challenges of having a lot of competition. Uh, you have to constantly be reinventing yourself and constantly stay on the ball. Uh, you really can't let these places go more than a few years without just kind of taking a, a good, fresh look at it. Um, design concepts, um, product changes, uh, social trends where, you know, now everything is online and it's about reviews and it's about online marketing and it's about Instagram followers, social media posts and all this stuff. It, it, it didn't really used to matter as much as it did five, 10 years ago, but now it's such a huge driver for our business that, you know, we really have to focus on it. We'd be foolish not to. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, as the industry changes, so do we. And we learn it and we try to adapt and we do it the best we can um, because you have to. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The um, the social media stuff, I'm curious your thoughts on this because there, there are ways to uh, – there, there are a lot of ways to get people in your doors, but you can get them in once. Uh, through those you know, various types of tools and marketing and, and social media and so forth. But then you've got to keep them coming back. Uh, although I know that I guess in Times Square and, and there may be, you know, you just probably just have a lot of people that maybe they're as tourists or whatever. But what about your customers that, are, that live there, that work there? How do, you, how do you keep them coming back more and more? Well, I think that that's something that's just such a broad scope in that it's really not new york based at the end of the day hospitality is hospitality yeah and you know where you feel welcomed where you feel comfortable whether it's you know the corner bar in a suburban town or whether it's right here in you know the heart of times square if you're sitting at a bar you just want to feel comfortable and enjoy yourself and there's so many ways to do that you know good good food, good beer, obviously, great drinks. Um, we've seen a, a rise and an uptick in uh, the craft cocktail movement here in New York over the past few years. Um, so that's something that the clientele has become very savvy of. Um, you know, so we're trying to get at the forefront of that now with, you know, menu development and, you know, working with our uh, administrative and culinary teams to make sure that we're putting the right things on the menu that people want. Um you know, service is, is still number one. Uh, at the end of the day, a, a bad experience can be a good one if the person who is the face of it, it has a has a big smile and a great personality. Um, so, you know, we really focus on staff uh, in this company and trying to trying to grow staff and um, moving people up the ranks from within. You know, many of our managers have come from, uh, you know, service positions and they've spent a lot of time with us and learned the ropes and and then they get to a position where they're in a management role and, you know, they, they've seen it. They've been there. They've done that uh, with us. You know, it, it allows them to kind of grow and 
you know, ask the right questions, even though they might be inexperienced on the manager level. We have a very strong support team behind the scenes um, that that allow the managers to to kind of, you know, learn on the job and you know grow over time. Uh, you know, we um, we definitely value uh, investing in people. Yeah, uh, we feel that that you know really pays off in the long run. Um, and then you know the the I think the third factor there. Um, in terms of just uh, hospitality uh, would be, you know, just the ambiance, the, uh, the decor, uh, you know, we try to build the bars uh, in, a, in a sense that would be inviting, warm, welcoming, uh, soft lighting, warm wood, brick, um, you know, the, the music, the uh, what's on the television screens, if it's a venue that has TVs, uh, everything has to tie in with the concept and, uh, whether you realize it or not as a customer, you know, you, you sometimes subconsciously will feel comfortable or uncomfortable, you know, depending on some small factors such as those lighting music, you know, oh, it's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. Well, let's, you know, maybe let's go somewhere else and grab a beer. Um, so we, we focus on a lot of those, uh, small details first and try to instill that in our staff and our management team to notice these things as well. Um, because down the road that'll pay off in terms of uh, creating regular clientels, like you mentioned. You know, it's easy to get them in once, you know, with uh, some creative marketing or, you know, some promotional type things. Uh, we have happy hour offerings at some of our bars. So, you know, people will come in for that and that's great. But it's the work starts once they walk in the door. It's up to our job to keep them coming back. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And those things are... Um it's not an exact science. Like all the attention to detail and the little things that maybe the customer doesn't consciously recognize, but they're subconsciously feeling at home. There's, there's the, the engagement with the staff, um, which is part of that. But then there's things like the ambiance and what's on TV and so forth. Those are, um, that to me is a, is truly an art. Uh, and, and I'm just curious. I mean, is it, are you just because you can because you can't please everybody so are you looking i mean do you sort of have like the ideal customer in mind and when you're when you're planning these types of things or how do you know what's going to work and what's not going to work yeah i mean we do have obviously a, a target clientele um you know we have a couple different we have several locations but we also have a couple different brands um and concepts so you know one of our locations would be a, a more of a big wide open sports bar um you know, craft beer bar, uh, craft cocktails. Um, we do, you know, um, pizzas, sandwiches, burgers, comfort food. Um, so the, the target clientele for there might be different than, you know, say one of our locations that's more of like a neighborhood beer bar or, um, you know, we have a, a place out in the story of Queens that's uh, called craft. They do a lot of artisanal pizzas, uh, craft beer, um, we also have another concept, uh, both in Manhattan and in Queens called mom's kitchen. Um, you know, it's very, uh, brunch driven. We do all day brunch. Um, you know, it's very colorful, very fun and vibrant place. Um, it reminds you of, uh, if, if you were at your mom's house. Um, so, you know, the, the target clientele for all of those concept, concepts might be similar in some aspects and might be different in others. So, you know, we try to develop uh, these concepts around the neighborhood that they're in. And uh, when we take over a space, you know, we usually look at the space and then decide, OK, what is this street? What is this neighborhood? What is this area missing? What do they need? What, what do the people want? 
Um, and then we, we try to develop the concept based on that. And so far we've had a lot of success with that model. Gotcha. Good deal. Good deal. Um, one thing I'm, I am curious about is you mentioned that, you know, I mean, you're in a very competitive market. No, I mean, there's restaurants in general are highly competitive most places, but New York particularly. So, uh, and you say that you, you know, you see good people that, you know, try it and don't get it right. What, what are some of the things that you think people miss on? Is it, is it that sort of the, the myth of, you know, the idea of being a restaurant owner versus the, the hard reality of it or, uh, just curious, any thoughts you have on that of what any common trends you've seen that uh, have caused people to not, not be as successful as y'all have been? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it can be a fickle business. So I've seen very polished and accomplished operators fail. And I've seen people that are not as refined succeed. Um, So there is a little bit of luck in, in this uh, industry. Um, So much of your success can hinge on, the deal that you signed in the beginning of the adventure, um, that lease really can, uh, can determine your future. Um, so, you know, I've seen places that have the coolest concept, the best service, the best decor, the most fun atmosphere. Um, but if, if they didn't negotiate or they didn't, um, sign themselves up for agreeable terms for the length of that lease, then it can Mm. be tough to, to build a history there. Um, I think, you know, on the operational level, um, it's, it's all about the service. You know, whenever I've seen a good location or a good concept uh, not succeed, it's probably because the focus wasn't on managing people. Um, I, I feel like in this industry, you know, it attracts a certain type of uh, employee. Um, you know, it's it's a predominantly nights uh so that's going to lead to a younger demographic of, of staff um for the most part and then you know flexible scheduling is is a, is a huge draw to a lot of people who have other things going on in their lives um you know that also creates a set of problems in that you know a lot of people it's their second job it's their part-time job but i think it's on us as managers and operators to inform and motivate them so that they can give the staff member the experience that we want them to have even if you know five years from now they want to be a real estate investor or a you know celebrity chef or an actor on broadway everybody has their own goals but people like to be uh coached you know they like to be developed they like to be heard Um, and i think if you're an operator or an owner and you invest that time in your staff getting to know them and then getting them to understand the goal that you want out of the establishment. Uh, if you invest that time as an operator, then it, it's, it's hard to fail, uh, in, in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it, man. Love it. Um, well, listen, Patrick, I'm going to let you roll. I told you I'd take about 25 minutes and we're, we're at about that. So, um, I, I know you're a busy guy, but I really, really appreciate this. This is highly educational, extremely useful. Um, your experience and um and just overall just really firm knowledge of the industry and how everything works man it's just it's fantastic so um i appreciate you taking the time to do this we appreciate the chance to serve you all at schedule fly we really value the business a lot and um just enjoy that opportunity very much yeah it's been a pleasure will thank you very much for taking the time and uh, i enjoyed the chat
All right, man. Have a good one. Let me know anytime I can do anything for you. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take care. See you. Take care.